Hester and her cabal of co-hosts are not doctors, lawyers, or licensed professionals of any kind, and their advice should not be used as a substitute for consulting any of those. The advice offered on We Should Split Up is for entertainment purposes only. Enjoy the show, ghoulies! Graven, do you think you left it over here by the rocking chair? No, I would have noticed if it was there. It had a pungent smell. How about under the chandelier? It's definitely not there. I, I checked. Well, if you gave me a little more to work with, I bet we could figure this out. I, I wish I could, but I just can't remember anything. It's just hard to help you find what you're looking for when you can't remember what it was. Yes, I know, but I left it around here somewhere. Well, it's a nice break from all my friends and neighbors telling me I'm going to die anyway. Oh no. I don't think whatever you're worried about will kill you. Thank you, Graven. I mean, you will die eventually. We all die. Some of us a couple times. You just have to make the best of it while you're here. Spending time with your odd friends in a haunted cottage on a rainy day, looking for something they've lost even though they can't remember what it was. Hmm. I definitely know I lost it, though. Let's rest our tootsies, enjoy the sound of the rain, and do some letters. You know what would be great? If you started an advice column, then you could share our advice with the rest of Salem Cove, too. You know what, Graven? That sounds wonderful. We'll call it, We Should Split Up. Frightful advice for spooky people. Put down that femur and read me this letter, will ya? Certainly. Dear Hester, how can I love myself without the love of someone else? I've always felt like it was harder for me to appreciate myself as a person without being desired by someone I desire. My boyfriend cheated on me with three girls, and it's almost like from one day to the next I have no self-worth. I know that it's his issue he cheated, but I somehow feel as though I was not good enough to keep him mine. Please help. Signed, Zombie for His Love. Oh, I want to start by saying your feelings are valid. It is impossibly hard to learn that someone you love and trust betrayed you like that. And I think the first step toward loving yourself is to not fall prey to these feelings that you're somehow weak or deficient for feeling hurt or being devastated by that. That's right. I know a little bit about what self-loving feels like and self-recrimination, and I know it's not as simple as saying just get some hobbies and learn to feel good without him. Um, When you're stuck in that self-hate ditch, even the things that used to give you joy fail you sometimes, and that's the rough truth of it. So I think your first stop is probably going to be some therapy. I think you need to get at the root of why this has always been a problem for you, because even though you have been through something terribly traumatic, you mentioned that you've always kind of felt this way. And um, I don't want to invalidate how much your ex has hurt you, but I think in order to move past this, you have to look beyond that relationship 
deeper into yourself and your history and, and where these feelings are coming from in the first place. And that's exactly what talking to an objective and professionally trained and compassionate third party is for. To tag on to what Hester said, therapy is not just for, I don't know, those who are super forgetful or those who have been through what we might think are serious traumas. The things that get us down are meaningful to us. This isn't a competition of who's the most damaged and who deserves to go to therapy. Think of it like this. We go to the medical doctors for everything from a small cold to a serious cancer. It should be, it can be the same way with mental health. No matter the severity, going to the doctors and getting help should always be your priority. Yeah, in the game of top my trauma, no one wins. Exactly. So just as Graven said, you don't have to somehow have the the worst trauma in the world to go talk to a therapist. And if you haven't yet, if you've been telling yourself it's just not that bad, or this is the sort of thing I need to figure out on your own, it's, it's okay. It's okay to need to need a bit of help. And you don't have to prove anything to anyone in order to deserve that help. So uh, my final word of advice is it can be really hard to talk yourself up when you've hit the bottom. And I think sometimes a little bit of directed escapism helps. This is something I've done myself. Instead of telling yourself you should like yourself more, pick a character or a person you really admire and imagine how you'd feel if you were then. And then play pretend a little bit. Like when you're low, imagine you're Wonder Woman or Morticia Adams or whoever your hero for the day is, and then act as if you were them too. Model yourself on the things about them that you admire, and it's basically a way to fake it until you make it. You pretend to be someone who loves themselves until gradually the feeling starts to settle in a bit. And I think that can be easier to do when that task of telling yourself, hey, just buck up, it seems insurmountable because you know what? It's hard to just buck up. But if you take a day where you wake up and you're like, you know what? When it gets hard, I'm going to imagine that I am Shirley Jackson writing The Haunting of Hell House. And if anybody messes with me, I'm just going to be Shirley Jackson at them. Literate, accomplished, kind of wry and incisive, and a, a pretty good writer, then you have that moment to be someone else, and that, and that might be the key you need to unlock to, to travel through the world a little bit more confidently and start to build up a backlog of experience and memories you can look back on and think, wow, in that situation, I was a bamf, and it had nothing to do with anyone else but myself. We're not sure how recent the breakup was or how how long ago this was. For sure, you'll want to take a few days for yourself because sometimes some good old-fashioned self-loathing and ice cream parties will do just the trick to, to let you, I guess grieve is the word, um, but to let you feel the hurt and the sorrow that something like this brings about yeah sometimes you need a bit of a wallow yeah it's okay to have a little bit of a wallow yes yeah yes just get a get a good like a nicely rolly rolly about thorough wallow in the mud but it's swamp wallow 
Well, there was that Cover one time. Cover yourself in seaweed. Mm-hmm. Maybe, like, over the eyes, get a good, like, seaweed mask going. Oh, no, no, the salon. I'm thinking of the salon. Oh, but a wall no. is good, too. And the salon would be good uh, as well. Well, that's how Eric became an urban legend. Oh, Eric. Mm. We'll always remember you. He's still shambling around out there somewhere. Anyway, zombie, back to you. One thing I will say, I'll expand on something Hester mentioned. When we've invested something... When we've invested so much of ourselves in one person, they become a major part of our lives and they fill a large part of our heart and our soul. When they leave our lives through one way or the other, they do tend to leave a hole because they've taken up so much of our time. We've invested so much in them. And yes, when they are gone, it feels empty because the fact of the matter is our lives do seem emptier. Something that was very important to us is now missing. That's why it can be so incredibly important to find new hobbies, find adventures to fill that hole. Well, there's no easier way to say it, but to replace that person, replace them with good things, with new fun and exciting adventures. So sometimes immediately going out and going rock climbing or starting a shell collection or going to that movie by yourself. It's just a ticket. Or frightening people in the swamp like Eric. It's different for everybody, but Eric, you keep doing you, buddy. Mm, Nobody does the swamp frighten quite like him. A very simple way I found to get started is to think about how you show love to other people. What things... Do you do for other people to really show that you care about them? Do you like to feed people? Do you like to take them to the movies? Do you like to show them new sites? Well, all of those things do for yourself because you're you're in some way or you're your new best friend. And what better way to treat a best friend than to go to a movie by yourself or go to that fancy new restaurant? Or go on a solo road trip, maybe bring a friend along, but at the very least, do things that you would do for a good friend. I love that idea. Be your new best friend. Yes, that's. I couldn't say it any better myself. You did just say it yourself, Graven. I, I, I forgot. <laughs> One thing I will say is having an ex that that cheated makes the whole mess messier, doesn't it? As forgetful as I am, I've never forgotten the times I've been cheated on, which truly means it goes deep into our souls, and it hurts in a way that very few other things do. As sort of a side note, I do hope you've distanced yourself from this person as much as it is as it's possible for you, because a person who betrays your trust so completely doesn't deserve to be in any facet of your life, especially as you're becoming the new awesome you. They don't deserve any part of that. How does the old saying go? Hit the Facebook, delete the lawyer, gym up. Good luck, zombie. Get out there and maybe don't eat so many brains. This week's episode is brought to you by Whip. What? What? Whip. Whip. Yes, Whip. Why are you saying that weird? Why am I saying what weird? Whip. Whip is simply the newest premium tooth care. 
Do I have something in my teeth? Yes, you could have even more in your teeth if you sign up for Whip, and you'll get a monthly pixie delivered to your door who will live inside your mouth while you sleep and clean your teeth. How does it work? Well, every night before you go to bed, you take the pixie out of its little capsule, and you open wide, and he or she or they just get right in there and start working, and you can just drift off to dreamland and enjoy the little tickles inside your lips. You've been using this product for a while now, haven't you, Hester? Yes, I'm on my third whip. Your third whip? Yes, well, the first one stole my fillings, but the returns department was very nice about sending a replacement. And then the Vincents ate the second one, but the third one is turning out very nicely. Excellent. I'll have to try that for myself. Yes, I would certainly, with full confidence, give them three and a quarter stars. Whip! Sign up for whip today! Use promo code FRIGHTADVICE for 7% off your first month. Whip! 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 (laughs) Graven, you've opened that box five times. I think we've established that what you're looking for is not inside, and I must remind you once again, the screaming will not stop. It is a perpetual scream box. You can open and close it as many times as you want, and it will keep screaming. Huh. So it does. Well, now that we've established that again. Huh. How about you read me this next letter? Okay. Dear Hester, how do you stop trolling? It's a big addiction to me and has made my days very toxic with constant hate against me that I provoke. I really need to stop, but it's hard because I've done it daily for years now. I should get a life, but it's hard being older with zero friends at all to talk to due to trolling them and losing them. Trolling in real life as well as online. I fucked up. Any advice? Signed, Troll Under a Burned Bridge. Well, uh, Troll, I think it's really good that you've recognized that this is a problem and that something needs to change. That's a big deal. Not a lot of people are big enough to recognize that, especially people who've developed a habit of trolling, because usually that's a response to something in ourselves that we don't like, that we're trying to escape or compensate for, uh, just like any other form of bullying. And I think just as you have sort of gain power over something by naming it, by saying, I troll people, it's important to recognize that bullying is another name for that behavior. And it's going to help you get to the root of what caused this compulsion to begin with. Uh, Just a quick note on your friends. They might need some space and... Honestly, some of those relationships might be beyond repair right now, and it might be unfair to pressure those friends to reconcile or forgive you. So whatever you do moving forward, I think it's important to, for your focus to be on self-improvement and not necessarily on trying to regain those old friends because as heartbreaking as it may be, uh, you might have to accept that they're gone, but you can make new friends, you can move forward, you can rebuild. So I'm going to give you some similar advice, actually, to our first letter writer. Uh, She was going through very traumatic things that happened to her that 
shook her feelings of confidence, whereas you're going through things that you ostensibly have caused, but that still probably spring from a need to feel important, to feel smarter than others, to feel superior, because again, that is what trolling and bullying is about, establishing superiority, avoiding vulnerability, making yourself above those who expose themselves by being sincere or taking a risk. I think when we're trolling, at least one part of our motivation can be to try and protect ourselves from that kind of vulnerability that we're seeing in others by going out of our way to mock them for it. To not only say, I didn't expose myself in this way, but I am enlightened enough to see the way that others are revealing their folly and to pick it apart and mock it. At the end of the day, I think that speaks to a lack in yourself, something that is insecure, that needs to be filled. And I think that just like Letter Writer 1, you could use some time discovering who you are and what gives you value other than doing this thing. So I think that you could start by trying to replace that habit of trolling with something constructive. So you're using the fact that you have this daily routine of trolling and you're sort of turning it to good. A lot of people who struggle with addiction do that. The most famous is people who chew gum instead of smoking. You did mention it's a big addiction to you. And if you truly do feel like it's an addiction, consider treating it as such. Addictions do come in many forms. And even if your addiction isn't, say, uh, sage enemas. Major problem in Salem Cove. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Rampant. Sage enemas. Anyway, even if that's not your addiction, I do have some experience with this, having various addictions throughout life, and you have to take them seriously, no matter what they are. As Hester was saying, finding good and healthy replacements is a great first step to replacing an addiction, but also recognizing the the mental pitfalls. You've talked about doing this every day for years and how hard it might be to stop. I mean, that certainly does sound like an addiction, even if it might not be an outwardly physical one. It sure does sound like a mental one. It gives you a quick boost of what you think is happiness, um, but then it makes you not feel so great. I would certainly recommend finding some way to, well, as you already have, finding some way to consider the ramifications of what you're doing, seeing the the not-so-great outcomes. And it certainly sounds like you've looked inward and you've seen that it's not done you any favors. There's many ways you can get professional help, but you definitely start inside. You start with yourself in conquering something like this. Yeah, I and I just want to round this out by saying that um, it's okay to have snarky thoughts sometimes, even while you're trying to work through this. Uh, it's human. My favorite line from Pride and Prejudice is, what are we here for but to make sport for our neighbors and laugh at them in turn? Uh, I think that's a natural compulsion, but one way to turn this into a less harmful outlet is to write your snarky thoughts somewhere private. The next time you have that compulsion to troll, just write it on a notebook or in an email draft to yourself that you never send. Somewhere where you can 
live out that script where you're getting the last laugh and then file it away. That's a great idea. Yeah. And I think that that'll also help you track your journey as you do grapple with this addiction. Just with other forms of journaling, it can be really illuminating to go back and see how far you've come especially if you look back and say oh my googly moogly i can't believe i wanted to say that to that person Uh, it might make you feel bad you might feel embarrassed that you had those thoughts but i guarantee you you will probably also feel very relieved that you kept them to the journal and didn't release them into the world and i think that feeling relief will probably be a sign of progress made as well absolutely that's a great first step And uh, another thing to do when you are keeping those thoughts to yourself is uh, when you are interacting with others, with others. Others? Oh, oh, Eric is, the spirit of Eric is in the room. Those poor cows. Those poor cows. I'm going to go see what's in the box. Oh. The box still screams. And while I don't enjoy listening to the screaming box, I do think that you could probably learn something from those who do listen. Uh, Another final really good way to stop trolling is to hold your tongue and listen. Not only will it stop you from saying something mean, but it will teach you about the internal lives of others and that empathy and compassion that you cultivate by actually genuinely hearing someone out without jumping all over them, trying to get a rise out of them, um, could be what you need to keep up your trolling sobriety. This week's episode is also brought to you by Thy Bloomers. Made for all the legs in your family. How are you tired of looking for comfortable, affordable, matching underwear with five or more legs? Well, look no further than Thy Bloomers, a family favorite since 1692 when several of their more adult lines were actually held in violation of Salem Cove's decency laws. Thy Bloomers, made from... Only the purest, softest flaxseed and artichoke hearts. They'll deodorize while you motorize. Thy bloomers. Get yours today in matching clan tartans so you can all feel a connection to your heritage where it all got started. Order your Thy Bloomers today before they're chased out of yet another small factory town by a pitchfork-wielding crowd. Use promo code FRIGHTFULUNDERWEAR to secure your package today. (laughs) Okay, Graven, I need you to focus now. We've got one letter left, and I need you to stop rearranging your nose hairs in order of length and I need you to remove your finger from both nostrils pick up this letter and read it to me slowly I'll do just that Dear Hester is it normal that I want to be left alone but also hate being alone? That's perfectly normal get a cat Well, 
let's let's look a little deeper into this. First, yes, it is so very normal. I would venture a guess that most folks feel this way from time to time, making it super normal. Hester and I have indeed contemplated this uh, very dilemma for years. This strange feeling of never wanting to talk to another soul, living or dead or undecided. But in the next moment, wanting to be surrounded by everyone and almost being annoyed if people don't just come in and love you right now. <coughs> I'm no psychologist. Puh, can you imagine? An expert on emotional and mental behavior who can't even remember where he left his glasses. Do I even wear glasses? Ha! I don't remember. Anyway, what was the question? Ah, yes. The dichotomy of wanting to be alone, but not alone. If the times when you want to be alone far outweigh the times you want to be with people, consider that you may have social anxiety or another mental hiccup. No matter how severe, it could lead to feelings of not wanting to be around people at all for long stretches of time. Hester and I always strongly advise talking with a mental health professional if you even suspect this is the case. A professional will strengthen you with the tools and means of balancing out these feelings. But if it's simply a back and forth feeling from day to day, wanting to be alone, wanting to be with people, wanting to be alone, and so forth, it can be managed. My take on this is that alone time is a wonderful thing. In fact, sometimes the alone time that we have isn't really alone time. If, we've, if we're at home by ourselves, but we've got our phones open and we're on the computer and we're texting or calling with someone or surfing through Facebook, that's not really alone time because other people are there with us as well. It's not truly being by ourselves. I recommend when you do have alone time, make it alone time for you. Set aside several hours where if you can, turn off the phone, turn off any other type of communication, maybe talk with your family and friends, let them know, hey, tonight I'm just going to take some time for myself and that might be why you can't reach me and truly, truly be alone. It recharges your batteries in a very different way if you're truly by yourself enjoying your own company. Find a place where you can sequester yourself. No roommates, no neighbors, no pesky in-laws, no friends, just by yourself. You might find that satisfies the, the alone time that we so desperately crave. Strangely, on the flip side, we do feel like we want to be with people sometimes, and it can be a pretty strong swing, I, I could admit. The trick is finding people who identify with that and friends and family, maybe even having conversations with them to let them know again, hey, sometimes I just need time to myself. It doesn't mean I don't like you. I just, I need recharge time. That said, even the most introverted among us sometimes does have an inward desire to spend time around other humans, around other creatures, or sentient lunch me. Hester, I remember now. Well, Gravens, shall we resume the hunt for cold leftovers? I don't I don't know. I'm getting pretty tired. You have climbed the highest mountains. And run through the fields. You have run, and you have crawled. And I've scaled these city walls. But you still haven't found what you're looking for. I'd like some cookies now, please, if it's not too much trouble. Sounds like that's been 
it for another episode of We Should Split Up, Frightful Advice for Spooky People. Thanks for listening to We Should Split Up, Frightful Advice for Spooky People. Are you frightfully in need of advice? Send your questions to frightadvice at gmail.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe. We Should Split Up is available wherever podcasts lurk. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Fright Advice, or visit FrightAdvice.com where you can subscribe to the Salem Cove newsletter. If you're experiencing a mental health emergency, there are people who care and want to help you. The National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. In this week's episode, Hester Doyle appears as herself. Seth Spaulding appears as Graven News. Check out his band, Black Dog Crow. Our lovely logo was created by Maya Renfro, and our theme music is Die, Die in a, a Fire, Fire by Menage Garage. Play nice, coolies! pineapple farts over there hey hmm you started it you brought the pineapple nothing (laughs) pineapple farts smell better (laughs) smell citrusy